Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Linford Christie, Colin Jackson, Sally Gunnell, Jonathan Edwards, a golden generation in the 90s at the World Athletics Championships for Great Britain. Super Saturday 2012 Olympics, Mo Farah, Jess Ennis-Hill, Greg Rutherford rewrote the history books in the greatest night of British athletics ever. But seven years on, we have new heroes, a new chapter in this brilliant sport, this sport that might not get everything right all the time, but is real, is really world-class and really gives anyone the chance to be a medal winner from anywhere in the world. Dina Asher-Smith carried the kit in 2012. Katerina Johnson-Thompson left the Olympic Stadium in London in tears in 2017. Now we salute them. This is Anything But Footy, your unashamedly biased Olympic and Paralympic podcast. I'm John. And I'm Michael. And I have to say, I think the World Athletics Championships got a lot wrong this week. And we'll discuss it in depth over the next 30 minutes or so. We'll have all the action from the end of the action in Doha. We'll also have details of the World Gymnastics Championships, which dovetails nicely and is underway now in Stuttgart in Germany. We'll be hearing from two potential Olympians, two potential Tokyo 2020 Olympians, in Lauren Price and Rosie Eccles. They're boxing currently for Great Britain at the World Championships in Russia. They've been speaking to anything but footy, your Olympic and Paralympic sport podcast. Elsewhere in the world of sport, Sport in our world this week. Sailing, Team GB have named their first athletes for Tokyo 2020. Uh, Hockey, rowing, rugby sevens and swimming also on our agenda. And you can get in touch with us, anythingbutfooty at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at anythingbutf. And we're on Facebook, on Instagram and on YouTube as well. And please share, like, subscribe to us and rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We always love hearing from you. So the World Athletics Championships in Doha. So much to discuss. The rights, the wrongs, the heroes and villains. But from a great British point of view, five medals in Doha. One down from last time in London and two down on the target. But two new names to most people, two British women leading the charge for Tokyo 2020, Dina and Katerina, 
the new generation for British athletics. Dina Asher-Smith and Katerina Johnson-Thompson. Michael, where on earth do we start with these two? Because these two were absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I think we should probably start with them on one of the very early episodes of Anything But Footy in January, February 20. 20- uh, 19 because that's when we predicted that it was going to be the golden girls for british athletics we've been building up to this world championship for months and months and months and all along we said we thought it would be the women that would do the business mm-hmm. uh, as far as british athletics great britain and northern ireland are concerned and for dina asher smith and katrina johnson thompson they have done the business and i think it's it's different stories for them isn't it really because you've got katrina johnson thompson who was a former world youth champion who was 13th at the London Olympics in 2012 when you know she burst onto the scene a little bit we were anointing her the natural successor to Denise Lewis and Jessica Ennis Hill 2013 she was fifth in the world championships we're thinking you know next time around this is going to be the one 2015 she was second after day one and then three fouls in the long jump and she didn't do it poor shot put poor javelin Costa in Rio 2016 and suddenly we were thinking is Katarina Johnson-Thompson going to be one of the nearly names of British athletics? 2018 was a game-changer, gold medal on the Gold Coast at the Commonwealth Games, a world indoor gold medal in the pentathlon as well, and suddenly Katarina Johnson-Thompson was on the starting box, she was on the run-up, and we thought she is a winner. Dina Asher-Smith is a slightly different story because mm. although she has, you know, built through naturally championships with London 2017 and Rio, she has been picking up medals here and there. She knows how to win, albeit as part of a relay team. And we were expecting her to explode onto the world stage. We thought this was going to be her moment. We thought she was going to seize that opportunity. And that is exactly what she's done. The first Briton to win three medals at a major global championships. It's quite incredible that two women as well, British women for the first time ever at a World Championships won gold medals. You know, all those names that we think of uh, in the past have never done it on you know, on the same year. And so for these, Dina Asher-Smith, 100-metre silver, 200-metre gold, 4 by 100 metre relay silver, Katarina Johnson-Thompson, that gold for the heptathlon. I think it has changed the way that we are probably going to be looking towards Tokyo. And as you rightly said, it was episode 15, I think, think called Europe Euphoria and Equality we said that Katarina Johnson Thompson was a bigger hope for gold than Laura Muir yep uh, because if you you know who has been the face of British athletics with Dina for the last couple of years uh, after she won that multi-event championships in Gotsis and and Johnson Thompson she's as you rightly said 2018 changed she went away she got out of her comfort zone from living at home and and, and living in the south of France and really challenging herself changed her technique changed her coach he also coaches the world champion um, former world champion, Olympic champion in the cathlon as well. So, you know, great kind of uh, people to be working with and training with. And it's just great to see because she's got a lovely smile and you just want to see it. And you always see Dina smile. And we've interviewed her so many times and she's always smiling. And Katerina always struggled. And now she's got that smile back and you just think this is amazing. couple of questions then uh, for you, Michael. Should we finally stop talking about Super Saturday? Because the British record that Jess Ennis-Hill now has gone um, Mo Farah, we'll talk about him in a moment, I'm sure. Greg Rutherford's retired. We've got these two new superstars and hopefully maybe some more in the uh, months and weeks to come. 
should we stop talking about Super Saturday? No, we should box Super Saturday in with, and the Rugby World Cup's going on at the moment, Johnny Wilkinson kicking over the post in the last seconds against Australia in Australia at the World Cup. We should box Super Saturday in with the four-minute mile and Sir Roger Bannister. We should so, put it in that box so what you're with, sa- so, with London. So what you're saying and, is it's history, yes, but it, rather than at the moment, we're kind of still harking back to it going, oh, it felt quite modern history do you know what I mean it felt like it was still yeah, happening it, it's, it's seven years ago it's, we've got new talent it's not something we should forget it's up there with England winning the World Cup in 1066 uh, 1966 1066 <laughs> was something very different uh, 1966 <laughs> one, in the, one in the eye that one <laughs> 1966 we should we should put it in, in though with those those moments and you know fantastic moments for British sport but you, you've you've hit the nail on the head exactly right it's history. We've got we've got new stars to celebrate now. You know we should be quite rightly celebrating clean achievements, um, and I say that quite deliberately. Qu- clean achievements by Dina Asher Smith and Katrina Johnson Thompson in a championship where there are a lot of achievements, some of which I look at fairly cynically, to be honest. Yeah. And I, and I want to talk to you about that in a, in a moment. So that brings me on to Dina Asher-Smith. So I mentioned what she'd won, 100 metres silver, 200 metres gold. I mean, the 100 metres was a world-class field. You know, she was beaten by Fraser Price and, and, and probably, you know, you wouldn't argue with that result. Uh, Elaine Thompson, the Olympic champion, wasn't really there. And she then pulled out, and Daphne Schiffers was injured. Uh, for the t- They all then pulled out of the 200 metres, all those three. Um, of course, Shawnee Miller-Weibo of the Bahamas, who hasn't been beaten in the 200 metres all year, couldn't compete at Doha in it because she couldn't double up on the 400 metres, which she wanted to go for. She will be in the 200 metres at, at Tokyo uh, because you can do the double uh, at the Olympics. That's the big question mark for me, is have we seen Dina win gold in a race that wasn't quite world-class field, or am I being ultra-critical, and am I worrying too much about the Olympics already? Uh, you're being ultra-critical, of course. Um, you are worrying about the Olympics too too early, um, but you make some very, very pertinent points. It, it wasn't quite the field um, that we perhaps would like when we come to our major sporting occasions. When we come to the, the finals of a major global championship, whether it be the World Championships or the Olympics... We want to see the best athletes. We want to see the best clean athletes there running. Um, And you can't get away from the fact that there was quite a long list of people that we thought would be in contention for medals to win that 200 metres that weren't on the starting blocks with Dina Asher-Smith. That said, Mm. you can only beat the people that are on the starting blocks on the day. And I don't think we should take too much away from Dina Asher-Smith for that. I don't think... You know, we should be saying it is a, a gold medal that was won easily because no gold medals at major global no. championships are won easily. She beat the field. She was the best. She was the quickest. She was the first past the post. She got across the line before anyone else. Other people made their decisions because of the whatever reasons they had. And, you know, this is a, a bigger point for me. There's there's lots of people in athletics that make decisions to compete, not compete in different events. Um, and for various reasons, it doesn't always go right. So, for example, from a British point of view, you'll see a lot of athletes maybe don't choose to go to the Commonwealth Games. We saw mm. Katarina Johnson-Thompson go to a Commonwealth Games, win a gold medal. We saw Dina Asher-Smith go to the Commonwealth Games, win medals. We've now seen them do it again on the global stage because they know how to win. They know how to handle the big occasion. So for all those people that didn't start, 
whether it was injury, whether it was because they chose to prioritise another event, that's their issue. Dina Asher-Smith's issue is that she got round that bend quickest of all and she's a world championship gold medalist. 290 days to go for Tokyo. I, I'm, I'm worried already, but, you know, that's fine. Um, one other thing I, I said right at the start, we salute Dina Asher-Smith and Katarina Johnson-Thompson and my son, who's only three years old, as you know, Michael, spent all day yesterday as we were running around going, I'm Dina Asher-Smith, <laughs> uh, because he actually watched one of the races uh, this week and he now thinks every single person who competes in athletics is called Dina Asher-Smith. So um, she has, she's made it in our house and she is a superstar and she will continue to be. So well done to both of those to. Let's just quickly talk about the other British medals and then we'll go on to the rest of uh, of Doha. This is, of course, uh, Anything But Footy, your unashamedly biased Olympic and Paralympic sport podcast. The 4x100 metre women, obviously, uh, another great silver medal. They did it at London 2017 um, and they uh, did it again with, with Dino and the team. The 4x100 metre men, I wanted to talk about that because obviously they were defending champions going into it. The only British men to win a medal. Uh, Adam Jamili had to come back after, frankly, throwing away a medal in the 200 meters that's his words not mine he said i ran like an amateur um and i think you know if he looks back at the videos and listens to what michael johnson says he absolutely spotted it at the time he said he was rocking and rolling in the last 10 meters uh, and really needs to just keep his form for that for that amount of time uh, he was leading with 150 meters go in the 200 meters so jamili came back and they they performed brilliantly in that relay they ran a european record a british record and only america with of course noah lyles and christian coleman in the team and justin and broken ash and justin gatlin the broken national record to win it and that is going to be absolutely fantastic at tokyo 2020 one of the must-see races between britain and america and of course you have the likes of jamaica coming through as well uh the four by 100 meter men did a really good job i thought yeah i mean i think adam jamili will will come away from these championships and go i've got another medal i've got another medal at world championships as i did in in 2017 he will also come away from these championships and go once again as far as an individual medal is concerned and people have been pinning these on me now uh, for quite some time it's not happened for me again i've had another fourth place finish we talked about that the thickness of the vest didn't we when he finished fourth in rio all he has mm. to do adam jamili on the flight home from doha is have a little look down to probably first class where they're sitting katarina johnson thompson and and <laughs> some of the others um and have a look at the way her career has gone, and we, we've, we've just highlighted it a few moments ago on Anything But Footy, and think, you know, my time's not passed yet. My time could still come. I might still be a, a global sprinting medalist. And I, and I think, I genuinely think, for Adam Jamili, um, it, it will come good for him eventually. I think eventually all the disappointments will will come to fruition. He will harness them all in the same way that Katarina Johnson-Thompson has in, in Qatar and get that medal. I'd also like to mention a few of the, the near misses as far as yes. Great Britain's concerned. Laura Muir, you know, she's not raced since July. She's had a bad calf injury. Fantastic time, 3.55.76. A lot of people were saying at the start of the year, not us, I should say, that she was going to win a medal here. She finished fifth in the 1500 meters uh, what a run by the way by hassan to win the gold uh, ethiopian born dutch runner very emotional interview at the end defending herself against those doping allegations because her coach of course alberto salazar uh, was banned this week for four years um, salazar is going to appeal against that one but hassan has, has had 
you know, are magnificent if if just a little bit tainted by what's happened elsewhere um, championships. Back to Great Britain, Jake Whiteman, I thought, in the 1500 metres, fantastic performance from him. Yep. Holly Bradshaw, we've been saying for a while, he's there or thereabouts. I'm going to put him in the same kind of category as, uh, put Holly Bradshaw in the same kind of category as Adam Jamili and say, I think that global medal will come for them. Callum Hawkins, is he going to get the nod for the marathon, potentially ahead of Mo Farah because he finished fourth? He- Six seconds. He led. He, he was leading with two miles to go. I know. Six seconds off a medal, 18 months since his, his Gold Coast collapse. You've got Nick Miller, who I thought controversially missed out on, on a potentially a, a medal there in, in his event, the Hammer. Yeah. His appeal rejected. He didn't foul. He didn't foul. Well, no, and um, I thought, as, as Gabby Logan rather pointedly mentioned to Seb Coe, uh, when she goes <laughs> back to match of the day, um, she might bring VAR back with her to the next, Olympic, um, next Olympics <laughs> or athletics because um, I think with a few more camera angles, Nick Miller would have been reinstated. Tom Bosworth, seventh. Top eight finishes now for him in the, in the walks in the Olympics, the Worlds and the Europeans, and a medal at the Gold Coast. And Laura Waitman, seventh, with a personal best time in what is a new event for her, 5,000 metres. Whilst everyone's yeah. been talking about Lindsay Sharp, Ailish McColgan in that middle to long distance, Laura Waitman, who was cut from funding, remember, a couple of seasons ago, continues to do it on the big occasion, continues to place well in finals at the major events. And, you know, I think someone like Laura Waitman, and going back to what I said earlier about Dina Asher-Smith, Katarina Johnson-Thompson, they go to championships and they compete. They've got championship experience. They've got experience of competing on the circuit. They know how to win. They know how to run races. And I think that all bodes well. And these athletes that that train and have potential all year round but pick and choose their events... For me at the moment, they're not quite doing it when it matters. Yeah, personal best for Laura Waitman in the 5K. Personal best for Ailish McColgan as well, to be fair. Yeah, okay. um, and you, you and you can't do more than do your personal best in, in a world final. I thought Sophie McKinna, a personal best to qualify for the shot put final, was pretty darn good achievement uh, for her in her first major championships uh, as well. So some, some real standout um, potential, I think, as we, as we move yep. forward. Now, you mentioned Alberto Salazar, yes. of course, former coach of, of course. Mo Farah, and he was, of course, the coach of Hassan, as you mentioned. Laura Muir describing that 15 100 metres race where she finished fifth with a cloud mm. hanging over the race. Uh, Hassan finished 3.51.95 and her 2018 personal bests were five or six seconds off that. Uh, she went to Salazar knowing that he was under investigation um, and she, as you rightly said, gave a very tearful and angry uh, interview afterwards and even Michael Johnson turned around and went, well, you don't want to do that. You ain't going to get your sympathy by that by just getting angry about it. You need to prove that you are clean you need to be out there saying test me test me test me uh, all times of the day and really being anti um, uh, you know doping now as you rightly say Salazar is going to challenge this the whole Oregon project he is going to uh, take away um, and, and challenge in the court of arbitration for sport but some real question marks as well for British athletics who backed Mo Farah working uh, with Salazar even after an investigation in 2015 and Mo as well he's training for the Chicago Marathon at the moment he's issued a statement but all people want to know from Samo is what he makes of this and that is what he needs to come out and just really talk about he said no I have no tolerance for anyone who breaks the rules but again his silence is pretty deafening uh, this week which is a shame yeah two articles I would point listeners to anything but footy towards other than what we're saying about it 
There's going to be, um, I think, all over the BBC news media on the Monday after the championships end, an interview between Dan Rowan and Cara Borsha. Now, Cara Borsha was the kind of original whistleblower, if you like, for the Nike Oregon project. Um, Dan Rowan, who is a forensic uh, sports interviewer and correspondent, as we both know, has interviewed, re-interviewed Cara. She's come out and some of the headlines I've seen tonight, and the story's just breaking as we speak. She's saying the Nike Oregon project must be shut down she said my farah shown poor judgment she said the legacy is tainted uh, she wants all samples retested basically she said this huge question marks for nike was this one rogue employee was this systematic abuse so that is one article i would point people in in the direction of ollie holt in the mail on sunday would be another one that i think is well worth reading he's been damning of much of the narrative of the past week and if your name is uh, steve cram sebco paula radcliffe you might want to switch off now uh, you certainly don't want to be picking up a copy of this article because you come in for particular criticism um radcliffe did uh, it was an interview that, that Ollie Holt described not so much as a, a car crash as a, a multi-vehicle pile-up with a 10-mile tailback interview with Gabby Logan, in which she kind of suggested the ban uh, on Salazar was originally sort of announced to deflect attention from, from the Christian Coleman situation. It wasn't made clear in the interview as well that Paula Radcliffe is on the payroll at Nike. Um, her husband coaches Mo Farah, who obviously has this association um, with Salazar. And this is the Paula Radcliffe that I remember holding up a banner in 2001 in Edmonton saying EPO cheats out. And yet on this situation, on this occasion, she seemed to be sort of, I don't know if apologetics the right word, but maybe making excuses. And this is something I've said before. And this is the, the leading athletes, the top athletes, when you see them on the top table, head of the big events, and you and I have been and covered Diamond League events, World Championships, Olympic and Commonwealth Games athletics. With all these things bubbling about in the sport, you want some of the big names to come out fighting, fighting for yeah. their position, fighting to win the trust back of the public. And what we've seen from the likes of Paula Radcliffe and Steve Cram, these, these national treasures as far as British athletics is concerned, they don't appear to have come out fighting this week. They seem to have sort of parked the trucks in the sand a little bit and tried to just protect their little domains. And, and that, for me, has been one of the, the huge frustrations. And this Ollie Holt article says that they are part of the problem, not part of the solution. And where is the next World Athletics Championships? <laughs> well, it's in Eugene, in America. Uh, <laughs> Nike Town, basically. <laughs> so if, if if Lord Co was and and it's, it's not if, if they wanted it to be quiet, yeah. it ain't going to be for the next. If Lord two Co years. wanted to deflect attention after all the issues with Doha and the seats and the human rights record and the issues, of course, about pumping all the air conditioning into the, the stadium, as far as climate is concerned, if he wanted a quieter championships and and Doha, to be fair to Lord Co, has been thrusted upon him from a, a previous regime. Eugene's probably not the place he'd want to go. It, it's been a. I know we had our, our issues, didn't we, um, in London with the the food poisoning and and everything else that went on. But you know, in my memory of of following covering um, world athletics, th this one has has delivered as far as news stories are concerned. This this one has kept us busy. 
Yeah, it's uh, after a quiet start, literally. Uh, the Khalifa Stadium and Doha delivered, I think, a pretty memorable World yeah. uh, Athletics Staged Championship. It really Some well. amazing performances. I thought the the light show was incredible, and it grew on me every day. And uh, you know, they've done it in the rugby before. I think they did it at the World Cup in rugby 2015 for an England were non-existent. And um, they, you know, it goes dark when you're in a stadium that goes dark. That's it. That's impressive stuff. But just one to wrap up on this. I mean, you know, we could talk about athletics uh, all day and. and and we often do, but um, for, 43 nations have won medals, six championship records have been set, 43 countries won medals, as I say, 68 different nations had at least one in a top eight placing, so in a final, um, you know, 21 area records and 86 national records have been broken. So, you know, N, the timing of it was been criticised, end of season, all that, but actually these athletes have gone there and performed, and yes, there is a huge issue with pumping out air conditioning in an open stadium, uh, but it has made the conditions absolutely perfect for people to go and perform. And, um, you know, these Doha championships will be remembered, yeah. rightly or wrongly, but they will be remembered. And we move on, as you say, to Eugene next yeah. and, and then Bud- Bud- Budapest in a couple yeah. of years' time. And, and, you know, I know a lot has been said about empty seats. The crowds did build during the week. We said last week, didn't we? that you know the the public were not going to come out and see sprints they did come out to support middle and long distance races yeah. there were 40,000 plus inside the stadium to see Barsham of Qatar win his high oh. jump gold so you know if if you're going to put sport on that that people want to go and see people will go and see it um and i think you know there there'll be sporting events in this country that won't be magnificently supported and celebrated because they're just not what we want to watch you know we we like to go and see track and field in this country the event built in Qatar. You're listening to Anything But Footy, your, your unashamedly Olympic and Paralympic sport podcast. Still to come, the Women's World Boxing Championships. We're going to talk hockey, rowing, rugby sevens and para swimming. But the Great British Women's Team have booked their place at the 2020 Olympic Games in gymnastics after reaching the final of the Team World Championships in Stuttgart. They'll return to that final on Tuesday after missing out last year. And congratulations to 20-year-old Ellie Downey, of course the Euro all-round gold medalist of 2017. 27-year-old Becky Downey, her sister, double European champion, maybe in her final worlds after ankle surgery earlier this year. 18-year-old Alice Kinsella, the European Beam champion. 18-year-old Georgie May Fenton, the Commonwealth Bars champion. And 16-year-old Tyja James, the Commonwealth Team champion. They've qualified seventh for these World Ath- uh, Gymnastics Championships. Individual finals as well for Kinsella in the all-round on Thursday. Ellie Downey on the vault and her sister Becky on the bars on Saturday. And the men led by double world champion Max Whitlock will be qualifying for a place in the team final and their Olympic Games spot uh, this week as well. In sailing, Great Britain has fielded sailors at the Olympic Games on every episode of the Games since 1900. And in 2020, they were returned to the same water as 1964. Although I suspect there'll be more plastic these days in Enoshima Harbour, something that Olympic sailor and gold medalist Hannah Mills has uh, been talking about at length and very importantly too over recent weeks. Uh, it means, of course, that uh, Great Britain will send a, you know, a sailing team that will be well represented and will have high hopes as they head to Tokyo. And the first 12 members of that sailing team have been announced this week. So Team GB has a dirty dozen which have already been anointed to go to Tokyo. They are definitely on track to Tokyo. Uh, Great Britain has won 58 sailing medals since 1900, more than any other nation, 27 of those gold. So far we've announced 12 sailors across eight disciplines for Enoshima Harbour. 
Giles Scott returns in the Finn, won a gold medal in Rio. Hannah Mills comes back, of course, a gold medal in Rio 2016, but a new partner this time around, Aidy McIntyre, whose dad won a gold medal 32 years ago in the star class. They're in the 470 uh, women's event. Luke Patient and Chris Group, uh, they uh, win sil- They won a silver uh, medal in London, or Luke Patient's won a silver medal in London. They will be the uh, pair for the 470. You've also got Charlotte Dobson, Saskia Tidy, Dylan Fletcher and Stuart Bethel, another silver medalist from London in the 49er class Alison Young in the laser radial and then in the RSX class or windsurfing as we know it Tom Squires uh, replaces the evergreen Nick Dempsey who competed for Great Britain in four Olympics won three medals is now the official team photographer uh, and partner of Hannah Mills in fact and Emma Wilson uh, they'll both be competing Tom Squires and Emma Wilson in the windsurfing still some sailors to be announced the mixed multi-hull teams and the men's one person dinghy will complete uh, that sailing team but the first 12 announced for Tokyo 2020 by Team GB this week World Athletics Championships is at an end gymnastics started in Stuttgart it's also the World Women's Boxing Championships in Ulan Ude which is a city in eastern Siberia in Russia they'll be hoping for warm things Michael yeah it's very interesting um, the boxing because GB Boxing, and I, I was there, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, I went down to, to see um, the, the guys in, in Sheffield. It's interesting because they're a slightly different programme, I think, to a lot of those those NGBs that run Olympic sport in this country. Because unlike, say, gymnastics or athletics or sailing, they haven't really got a remit for kind of grassroots involvement or mass participation. Mm. GB Boxing is purely and simply an organisation that exists to get boxers to the European Games and to the Olympic Games as Team GB and win medals. Now, the men's championships happened in Russia a few weeks ago, and we've discussed that. There are five Olympic categories this time around for women, flyweight, featherweight, lightweight, welterweight, and middleweight. And we've got seven women in the boxing championships in Russia at the moment. Some of those win categories, or one of those in categories that aren't an Olympic sport. So Demi Reshtan is one of those, won a silver medal at the European Championships. She's a light flyweight boxer. But the belief is that she can step up. Although Tokyo is not on the agenda, for her Paris could be on the agenda and Los Angeles could be on the agenda as well and one of those that's going well so far and is one of the most interesting stories as far as the women boxing program in Great Britain is concerned is Rosie Eccles because in the welterweight category Great Britain sent Sandy Ryan and Rosie Eccles and remember in the Olympics you can only send one in each weight category now Sandy Ryan is already out as we speak she was the gold medalist on the Gold Coast in 2018 beating Rosie Eccles but Rosie Eccles in the past year has won the European Games beating Sandy Ryan although Sandy Ryan was suffering from a bit of illness so you know they've got a tremendous rivalry going only one of them can go forward for the qualifications which begin in London shortly and as I said Sandy Ryan is out Uh, Rosie Eccles is still in because she beat Lucia Perez of Argentina in the round of 32 and now faces a Chinese boxer in the round of 16 I have been speaking to her ahead of these championships and she's been telling me at her training camp ahead of her competition about the event. I always love it when I get out there fighting, you know, all the training's done and, you know, there's definite buzz about it. And I think this year's going to be something a bit more special. I think everyone knows the Olympics are coming up. Everyone's wanting to set their marker, really, and show where they're at and hopefully at the top going into the Olympic qualifiers. And that Olympic qualifier, the first one is in, in, London, in London, and then uh-huh. things get, get real, don't they? Yeah, things go well, Things are getting pretty damn real now, really, because, you know, for us, only one of each weight gets to go to the um, Olympic qualifiers. So this performance at the Worlds is, um, and our previous performance, 
chances are what will dictate who goes. So it's like that one step at a time, but it goes Worlds, hopefully qualifies, and then Olympic Games, which is mental to think this time next year, that's almost, you know, it's all done, really. And you've got a, a battle royal on your hands, as we know, to get there with somebody that you work with in this room, Sandy Ryan, as yeah, well. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, obviously I've just beat her um, last month, um, which was, you know, it was a good statement. And, uh, you know, it wasn't so much about who unboxed it, it was more about the pressure of that situation, and I felt I dealt with it really well. But, you know, the race isn't over till it's over, and I think, you know, you've got to stay humble and keep your head down and, and chip away and work hard. And, you know, I'm aiming to go into the Worlds at a better shape than I went to the Europeans, and then hopefully then into the Olympic qualifiers a better shape than before and then into the Olympic Games so it's about chipping away and staying humble and keeping your head down and working hard and that's kind of what I'm at. What's it like coming into work every day with one of your biggest rivals sat there at yeah. the same water machine as you getting yeah. a cup of tea with you afterwards? Yeah well we don't really drink much tea together <laughs> I'd definitely say that um, but no do you know what? Uh, everyone asks me about it and you know and I always say the similar thing. I say, look, we want the same thing. Only one of us can have it. And naturally that breeds a, you know, we're never going to be best mates. But what I respect is the fact that actually having that someone there, I think I'm always a sort of push myself. But you know, when someone's right there, it makes you push even harder, makes you train smarter, train harder, you know, work on the things you need to, because actually not even your pace of qualification. Some people know they'll be the ones really going to qualify us. You know, for me, it's that extra push to find those extra margins to do even better. And um, so it's a motivator for me, really. That's Rosie Eccles speaking to Anything But Footy, your Olympic and Paralympic podcast, talking about her rivalry with Sandy Ryan and who'll get the nod, uh, that all-important nod to try and qualify for the Olympics. Interesting that she was saying there they were never going to be best mates and that strong rivalry, <laughs> um, really, really pushing each other. I kind of suggested they might have a cup of tea together, but she, she kind of um, <laughs> shot me down in flames as, as far as that is concerned. Uh, just to round up a, a few of the other boxes in the flyweight category, uh, to Tori Ellis-Willits is already out. She lost in the round of 32. Uh, Karis Arting-Stall won silver medal at the European Championships. She is through and faces a boxer from Tajikistan in the round of 16. Uh, Paige Murney, unfortunately out, lost to a boxer from Kazakhstan in the round of 32 in the lightweight category. But Lauren Price in the middleweight category, she is through to the round of 16. She was a bronze medalist in 2018. She was a gold medalist at the European Games. And we've also been speaking to her on anything but footy she remember is the four-time world kickboxing champion she won 50 caps playing football for wales and has dreamt about being in the olympics of course for years and years and years and she told me that she was really looking forward to getting into the action in russia it's a dream come true for me um obviously representing first time representing team gb last month in the european games and winning gold medal um beating the olympic silver medalist uh, nushka fontin um, have given me massive confidence leading into these wheels. I've had 10 weeks um, of preparation. Everything's going going well. I've had top sparring, sparring against uh, America. So, yeah, camp's been going great. Um, been getting some good results in my SNC and my runs as well. So, yeah, I've got my confidence is right at the top for going into these wheels. Yeah, qualifiers start after these world championships. Is part of the development, the training, going to events like the Gold Coast and the European Games and being in that multi-sport environment and the logistics of making yeah. sure you're where you need to be at the right time and all of that? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's all preparation, well, for me anyway. So that's how I look at it. It's all preparation for obviously next year. It's been my dream since I was eight years of age to go to an Olympic Games. And, um, yeah, all these little boxes just taken away and all these tournaments and obviously... It's, it's happy days when you're bringing a back a gold medal in it but um, yeah 
it's all I got on my mind, obviously, is obviously these worlds now coming up and next year it's on my mind every day. Lauren Price speaking to anything but footy, having dreamt about being in the Olympics, John, since the age of eight. Does that sound familiar? Certainly does. Oh dear. And she hopefully is uh, a lot nearer than some of us. Uh, (laughs) British Rowing is launching its new charitable foundation, Love Rowing, at a sparkling gala dinner in November to help raise money for it. So Matthew Pinsent, Greg Searle, Alex Gregory and Lauren Rolls will all be there at the Cutty Sark on Thursday the 21st. Love Rowing aims to help change young people's lives by giving them the chance to experience the sport through a number of key projects and initiatives. For example, 2019 World Rowing Championship bronze medalist Jog John Josh Bugashaki grew up on a council estate in Stockport and he's backing the idea and admits when growing up, sports like rowing practically didn't exist, which pretty much probably sums it up. British hockey, of course, had um, some great success, certainly as far as the women were concerned in Rio in 2016 on what was one of the most memorable sporting occasions I've ever witnessed. Uh, Great Britain's women warmed up for their Olympic qualifiers against Chile with a Test Series win over India. They drew two all in the final test. The Test Series also marked a 50th cap for Maddie Hinch, who you remember was so impressive in that Olympic final in the penalty shootout against the Dutch. Uh, They won the three-game series 1-0. The World Para Swimming has confirmed its popular World Series will be returning to the UK in 2020. One of seven cities across four continents hosting the competition from February to June. Sheffield will stage the event between the 9th and 12th of April next year. The fourth consecutive year Great Britain has hosted it, but in a different city each time. And Rugby Sevens, of course, yielded a medal for the men's team, silver medal in Rio. And they'll both be back, of course, having qualified after winning their European qualifying events. The women finished fourth uh, last time around. So both will be back in Tokyo. Uh, Interesting as well to see how the Rugby Sevens goes down in Japan, which is currently hosting what appears to be a very successful Mm -hmm. Rugby World Cup, well supported. I'm sure the Rugby Sevens will be one of the highlights of the next Olympic Games. Simon Amar, the current England Sevens head coach, uh, will lead the men's squad. He coached them to that silver medal in Rio and Scott Forrest who is the current Scotland Sevens head coach uh, will lead the women's team I always remember the Rugby Sevens at Glasgow 2014 being a lot bigger than I ever really imagined it. I didn't really pay that much attention to Rugby Sevens and then being there in Glasgow and that weekend where they, I think they held it all at Ibrox, Ibrox from memory. Yeah. And it was absolutely brilliant and, and absolutely full to the rafters. It wasn't great if you were trying to get a train somewhere else in Glasgow that day. <laughs> I, I, I remember that mainly, trying to get a train to... You know, some tiddlywinks or something that I was going off to see. and every, Lawn bowls. Every, yeah, oh, love the lawn bowls. Love the lawn bowls. <laughs> Highlight of the Gold Coast, the lawn bowls. Yeah, everyone was off to Ibrox, as you say. And uh, on anything but footy, let's finish with some some footy. We really should come up with a different name. Uh, the Lionesses uh, lost to Brazil in front of nearly 30,000 people. Fantastic crowd at the Riverside Stadium on Teesside in Middlesbrough. And just a mention as well, the Lionesses will be uh, playing Germany in a friendly shortly at Wembley Stadium and they've sold over 75,000 tickets for that. Yeah, the manager, soon to be Team GB, of course, football manager Phil Neville has said the fourth defeat in five games was not acceptable. Their next one is Portugal on Tuesday. So look, a new generation of names to celebrate from Doha, the World Athletics Championships. We've also been doing a new thing on anything but footy, our flash briefing on Alexa. If you've missed it, it sounds a bit like this. Alexa, what's my news? Here's your news in the latest Olympic and Paralympic sports headlines. 
This is anything but footy. I'm John, and Dina Asher-Smith is the first British woman to win a medal in the and 100 And stand by this week, because another opportunity to get more from anything but footy as we launch hashtag GBBosses. Stay with us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook for more. We can't wait for that, can we, Michael? No, GB Bosses is going to be really good. I'm not at liberty to say too much about it at the moment, but I know that episode one is an absolute corker. If you're a fan of uh, sport in this country, if you're a fan of things like funding um, and you're a fan of talent identification and how we get our elite athletes to the Olympic Games, GB Bosses from Anything But Footy, the first episode, is well worth a listen. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.